Welcome to this edition of Record Roundtable, where we talk about a band, talk about an artist, talk about an artist in a band. This week we're talking about Blur. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with... I'm Dax. Jared. This is Tyler here. And once again, this week we are talking about Blur, and how did everybody feel about listening to Blur this week? This is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's all right. Okay. All right, boys. Pretty, went, pretty went good. On all for right. A while. Pretty good. All right. Went on for a while. What do you mean it went on for a while? I don't know. He sucks. Yeah, you know how it was. He sucked <laughs> at the beginning of last week. He sucks at the beginning of this week. <laughs> Who sucks? Dax. I mean. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. But did you not like the? Did you not like the later work of Blur? Yeah, you should definitely like the later work. Yeah, you should like the later work of Blur. It was okay. Okay. Well, here's the thing. You like Gorillas? I do. Then you should like the later work of Blur. When it comes down to it, a lot of not to not to jump too far ahead into the future because we'll obviously we'll we'll work our way towards that point. But a lot of the ideas that Damon was having in Gorillas were starting to be fleshed out as well within the realm of Blur in a lot of ways, from what I could tell. Like Think Tank and The Magic Whip are definitely albums where you can hear a lot of Gorillas coming out of them. Of course, Magic Whip is late. It is. What was it, 2015? Yeah, 2015. Yeah. I did like when it started to evolve a bit more, but... I don't know. For the most part, it just sounded like the same stuff. It didn't... What is wrong with you? The same stuff? Yeah, I agree with Caleb. I agree with Caleb's look immediately at that. I said I said that. <laughs> I also I said I agree that. with you. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's like the two of you have, like, an inability to decipher differences in sound. Like, you hear... You're like, this is Blur, and we're listening to Blur all week. And then it's just like you hear in your brain the same thing all the time, and that's it. And then you're just like, I didn't hear it change much. I could definitely run down every album and how each album is different from the next. Other than really, Modern Life is Rubbish and Park Life have similarities. And Park Life and um, The Great Escape have some similarities as well. But Blur is a very different album. 13 is a very different album. Think Tank is a very different album. Magic Whip is a very different album. Their debut is a very different album. Right. And Park Life is where... Things got increasingly poppy and more electronic. And that's a pretty... I don't think that's a, a super subtle shift. There's some of it on Modern Life is Rubbish, but then it just kind of comes out on Park Life. It's definitely like Park Life is when the evolution of Britpop as we know it started to come out. And when people think about Britpop, they think about Park Life. But a lot of what Blur did did not sound like Britpop. Well, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people most definitely would. Even like the the first album, because the first album was almost like a shoegazy alternative rock album. I felt it had a lot of, uh, to go back uh, quite a ways ago, I would say that I had a little bit of like Radiohead's debut out of their debut. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I also heard Radiohead on the album 13 quite a bit. I, I Later Radiohead. Yeah. So I want to talk about uh, Leisure, their first album, just a, a, one little bit. Sure. The very first song is called She's So High. Yes. A, a song also known, 
Tal Bachman sang the song She's So High. Right. We said we'd never talk about Tal Bachman again, and here we are. You know, that's a good point. That's a good point. We found a way. We found a way. We'll bring him back again. He'll be the new horn intro. Except this was before. This was before. This was before Tal Bachman. Though. That's true. Don't be. It's don't, true. Don't mistake it. Eight years prior. Is that is that all you is that all you wanted to say about the yeah first album? <laughs> oh my god. Well, that's not the only thing I want to say. I, I mean, that's the only that's the first thing that came to my brain. It was at the it. first it was the, song when I saw it. I said, "Oh, we can talk about Tal Bachman." That's when I when I started this journey. I love that the thought. first the first thought you had for Blur was, "Oh, Tal Bachman." Yep. Nobody's ever thought that. Well, not somebody might have. Stop Tal Bachman might have thought that. Really, he may have very well. So, okay, Dax and Jared, you think that a lot of this sounded the same. Was there an album that stood out to you that would have been the album that really was the best album from Blur, or did you find that everything kind of blended together? I think my favorite uh, is either uh, Park Life or Think Tank. Okay. But I did like, I like Park Life. I like the song Park Life quite a bit. Um, I, I probably heard it, like, I don't know, at least like 10 to 12 years ago, a mm-hmm. uh, former record round table person, Donnie showed me it a long time ago because you know, everybody, the thing about them, everybody knows song two, biggest Woo-hoo. hit, biggest song, uh, in the United States. Yes. Yes. Um, but park life is, I mean, that's probably their like biggest song in the UK worldwide, you know, like the, I would say, I would think so. Uh, Boys and Girls is pretty big, though. And in fact, Boys and Girls got a lot of play here in the U.S., like more than Park, way more than Park Life. Yeah. So, it, I don't know. That's a really big song. In fact, that's their second most popular song on, behind Song 2, Girls and Boys are their next is their next most popular song. That's probably my favorite song. On Spotify, Girls and Boys? Yeah. Well, there you go. Let's let's play some, some Girls and Boys. pretty good opener and while while we're on that song can you play a cover yeah of course uh pet shop boys What do you think about that remix? It was something. I like the Pet Shop Boys. It's it's just all. It's not. It's okay. I guess it's a little. It's a little dull. Yeah. You know. I still like them. I like the Pet Shop Boys. They got some good covers. Mm. I would say though, since we're on Park Life, that that would be probably universally seen as their most essential album. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that, like sonically, it is their most interesting album. It's 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 the album with the most impact for sure. I don't know, dude. It's got a lot of interesting things going on because when you listen to it, it's really funk driven in the bass and even some of the drums, 
but the guitar is still like alt rock guitar really a little bit you know a lot some of the underlying guitar work is maybe a, a little funk but it's got lots of just really especially that song you can hear it in that song when the guitar comes in it's still really that alternative kind of mid heavy gain heavy alternative guitar and then the electronic elements are like oddly sporadic in a way you know what i mean like they're not soup it's almost like they're not totally fleshed out but they just fit where they they fit where they're placed and they're just kind of interesting i mean it's 1994 too keep that in mind i mean this is this is you know this is like right at the tip coming out of post like grunge into post grunge into like an era of like who knows what in the u.s um, which is, of course, what we're, you know, I don't, it's hard to think about what's going on in England and UK at the time, but yeah, well, th- really, this is what's going on. Is the thing is that Britpop, in a lot of ways, and I think that we'll get more into Britpop later, um, just as kind of a general concept. But it was kind of a reaction in a lot of ways to the U.S.'s grunge and post-grunge. I think that Britpop was very much their way of trying to have. A breakout, which is why it's very interesting that the breakout song from Blur is song two in the U.S. and just that album in general, because that was the album that had the most grunge elements to it. It was the most, it was the most like United States style of music that they ever played. That was the point of song two, like that's the gimmick of song two, right? Is you know this is a song for American for the U.S. And it's the only song almost anyone knows. It's true. You know, like people know Girls and Boys, but not a lot of people. I've heard it before I started really listening to Blur, you know, around. I don't know where, but those are really the only two songs I'd ever heard before I started listening to Blur. I don't think that anybody in the U.S., very few people, I would say, if you ask them to name a Blur song. And number one, they would not know the song is called Song 2. No. Because on Wikipedia it says... Often mistakenly titled as "woohoo," uh, but I don't think that anybody would be able to say another song in the U.S. Probably not. It wasn't even a hit here in terms of like top forty. It was just a rock hit. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think. I don't know. I don't think that, it, that. Yeah, but it's a stadium anthem. Oh, I know. I know. That's that's the that's where it gets its you know its notoriety here in the U.S as a stadium anthem not necessarily a chart topper but i don't i don't think that people that just casually listen to music know who blur is no well even if they do and this is like what's disappointing even if they do they think that blur is song two like they think it's all song two yeah like that's what you're that's what you're going to get into if you listen to blur like oh i bet they're going to listen they're going to sound a lot like all those alternative rock bands right and they're not well it's just funny because if you were to ask someone and they did know blur and they did say song two and then you say well do you like blur i guarantee they'd say yeah i like blur and they never heard anything else anything you know and they're just making assumptions which part of that is like the reality of the american market for popular music is like it's okay to just sound the same all the time you know what i'm saying so if you have a band who you're used to one big song it's likely if they're if it's a humongous popular song and they're a big band, you know, Foo Fighters or Nickelback, you know, it's pretty likely that you can assume the rest of their songs are going to be like that. So people probably think that way, but it's not really like I mean, we all know, the three of you and I know, it's not like that in terms of, you know, less commercialized, more artistic and expressive music. 
Mm -hmm. Well, it's like the thing that kind of comes to mind for me is the hives with get free. Like that song, that's the only song pretty much anybody knows by them, but that pretty much is them, you know, like, but that the other side, like get free and song two are very similar in terms of just like fast rock. You mean the vines? Oh yeah. The vines. Thank you. Yeah. What did I say? The hives? The hives saying something else. What did they? Tick, tick, boom. The hives saying, hate to say I told you so. Yeah, that's another one. I mean. Yeah, well, off of the same album. Hate to say I told. I mean, hate to say I told you so is kind of like that song too. I mean, whatever. Anyway, yeah, I'm glad that you said the vines. Anyways, like that. I don't know. That's just kind of how I think about Blur. And it's funny uh, getting in when we'll get into talking about the gorillas, I'm assuming later in the episode. Sure. But, um. It doesn't, like, when I think of Blur, I don't immediately think of Gorillaz. Most would not. Yeah, most wouldn't. But when you hear it, you would. You know, I mean, he sounds like the guy from the group because he is, obviously, but right. I don't know. It took me a few albums before I really am like, okay, yeah, this is him, because he was so cockney, too, early on. Yeah. So that's kind of the difference is Gorillaz is not as British, if you will, you know. What well, certainly feeds the American mainstream in the mid 2000s in a much different way than this would have fed the American mainstream in the 90s. You know what I mean? So there's no doubt about that. But, you know, we had kind of changed at that point over here. You know what I mean? We, the early 2000s is a, is a period of drastic change in, in rock music. I mean, rock music, indie became popular type of thing. You know what I mean? So it's more, it, it was, we were more open to that at that time, which is why it makes a little more sense. The 90s were definitely an era where it was very, very, not not closed-minded, but it was pretty straight and narrow. You listen to grunge, you listen to maybe some pop. You know, like, it's, you're really not going to have a whole lot of variety in terms of what people were listening to in the mid-90s, in terms of popular music. And so Blur would not have fit in very well. But in the 2000s, absolutely, there was a lot more variety in terms of what people were listening to in the the mainstream line of things. And so something that blurred the lines between, no pun intended, um, hip-hop and indie and alternative and so on and so forth would definitely be able to sell. But yeah, in the mid, the mid to even late 90s, something like Blur was not really going to fit within things unless they changed their sound like into a song too that would have fit into the mold of what they wanted They wanted over in the States. I don't think they really cared because they had so much success in the UK. It doesn't really matter. Being the biggest British rock band means so much more than being the biggest US rock band. Right. Right, from England, right. Well, not just that, but I mean, like, who is, whoever our biggest rock band right now is doesn't even scratch the surface of success compared to, like, pop hits. No. But, but the pop people in the UK are basically on the same level as the rock bands. Um, I mean, like, because they don't even have, they don't have the girl groups like they did. They don't have Spice Girls. They don't have uh, all those other... Um, girl groups that they had in the UK now. So you just basically have whoever's doing pop music and then rock music, you know? Right. So, well, it's also interesting too, to me is that blur is put into the category of Brit pop. I mean, they, they effectively 
were the the poster boys of Britpop when it came down to it. Yeah. Um, the originators of it. Yeah, pretty much. And it's odd because they're really not... I mean, they have pop elements, but they're not necessarily like straightforward a pop band. No. If you look at... And I, I did quite a bit of like research and thinking about um, Britpop in general in terms of... So there was a big four of Britpop. And the big four of Britpop were Oasis, Blur, Pulp, and Suede. And really, when you listen to all four of them, they all have a vastly different sound from each other. And they all have, I guess, what you would say are elements of pop music, but they're all different elements of pop music. Suede was like an art pop band that sounded kind of like Bowie and Pulp. Was Aren't st- they called the London Suede? They are l- labeled as that because there's also another suede. Oh, it's weird. It is weird. So they have kind of like a Bowie sound. Pulp was doing music in the 80s, and so their music kind of stayed within the realm of like an 80s pop sound. Um, Oasis were doing Beatles-esque, I guess, what would you call it? Like Almost like an alternative rock, but also kind of like a Baroque pop. Who, Oasis? Yeah. It's just the Beatles. It is. Repackaged. They're like the Greta Van Fleet of the Beatles. I don't disagree with you at all. I really don't. And then obviously we have, you know, have kind of covered what Blur's pop kind of sounds like. The Stone Roses were another one that were um very big in the UK that did Britpop as well. Yeah, that is true. All of all of those four bands, they are Britpop, but their pop over in the UK obviously was still very guitar heavy it was still very rock alternative rock specifically heavy music and so it was their popular music and so you could call that brit pop but when you think of like when i hear the phrase brit pop i'm not necessarily thinking of like an alternative rock band like blur i'm thinking of like modern pop music because that's what you think of when you think of pop right well but also i mean oasis is probably the group that fits into what we were seeing in pop in the mid to late nineties best, which is probably why they gained more prominence because when you think about what we saw in the mid and late nineties, in terms of pop in the U S we have songs that are, you know, like, like a semi-sonic. Well, yeah. And like matchbox 20. Yeah. You know, we have a little, it's, it's almost just like soft rock that doesn't suck. You know what I mean? And it's got a lot of acoustic guitar, with kind of some toned down electric guitar in there. So you don't really get any super heavy alternative or really even like super rock vibes to it. You know, it's it's just really like a pop soft rock type thing. And Oasis fits well into there because they utilize acoustic guitars a little bit more and they and they tend to have like that mellow sound. Well, not even all of it though. Like it's only really the big hits that really have those elements to it. And a lot of their other stuff, like if you listen to Definitely Maybe, that's way more of an alternative rock album than it is, you know, a a 90s pop album. Well, sure. But what's the story? Morning Glory was the big album in the U.S. if you had to choose their big album. And it's heavy with acoustic guitars and piano and and semi-balladry. Beatles. Yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> I don't I don't suppose so. It is so on the nose. I like like I I listened to that album and there are just so many times where I was thinking like this is so too much. Cuz like if you were to compare a blur to go back to blur, 
to a Beatles, you would just be dead wrong. I don't I don't get a lot of Beatles off of Blur at all, but with Oasis, the comparison is so on the nose that it's just it's ridiculous. Well, I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't say it has the prominence though. I'll admit that to you. And that's not just me Oasis hating, even though I do hate them. <laughs> but they don't I wouldn't say I mean it's they do have a lot of tonality that's like the Beatles and they do have a lot of songs that are that are very that are in that mood. But the prominence is not there. Can I do? Can I do a little boop boop ba doo ba doo? Sure, if you'd like to. Uh, can we play uh, Oasis's uh, "Don't Look Back in Anger"? Please, I would love to do that right now. Slip inside. That's all we need. Uh, it sounds a little bit like a little John Lennon song, or. Well, John Lennon's song, like his most popular song. Yeah, it it sounds about apparently. So I was talking to Donnie, one of our you know record roundtable uh, members who have come in, was on the the Bob Dylan episode. Will be on the Tom Petty episode next week. Um, and he was he said that he had read or saw a video about something in tar- in terms of that specific that sounds familiar. And he said that I guess that one of the notes is different. And he said, if one of the two notes are the same, it's too close. It's too, it's already too close. It's very close. You want to play it? Yeah, sure. This is Imagine by John Lennon. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It, yeah, it is. Absolutely. Uh, there's also uh, the song Supersonic. Sounds very similar to My Sweet Lord by George Harrison. Uh, she's electric. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Thank you. Sounds like while my guitar gently weeps. Um, those are just the the Beatles ones. Uh, the song "Cigarettes and Alcohol" by Oasis sounds exactly like a Sex Pistols song. Uh, it's T Rex. Oh, is it? Get it on. Bang a gong. Yeah, it is literally the song. It's huh. so much the song that uh, the rest of the bandmates thought that whichever Gallagher that came up with it was joking. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you, do you want to play that one actually? I love that one. Sure, let's do it. Hopefully we'll never have to talk about it again. Yeah. All right. And then play Bang a Gong, Get It On, whatever. T-Rex. Even the bomb, 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 the whole thing. That just hurts. They are a bad band. Oasis? Yep. Oh, you know how much it warms my soul to hear you say that. <laughs> well, honestly, okay, so like like I said, when it came to, to Britpop, I did some digging and listened to quite a few albums from each one of these groups just to have a good concept. I would put them at the bottom of the four, of the, the big four of Britpop. I would say, I would say if I had to order it, I would say that Blur is the best one. I would say Suede or London Suede is number two, Pulp is three, and Oasis is four. I think in terms of quality of music, in terms of creativity, and just in terms of good music, I think that is your order. I am right on with you. Are you? Did you listen to Suede and Pulp? I, I did, yeah. It's okay. pretty good. I'm pretty close. I'm, I would maybe, I would potentially, I think Pulp and Suede would, would sway for me over time. Switch, sway? Yeah. Yeah. 
I, what what did you listen to of Suede? Just their tops. Just their tops. Actually, one of their best albums, not on Spotify, is called Dogman Star, and it is an even more layered and better version of Suede, which is what puts them pretty firmly in number two for me. But I have not listened to the next album. I've listened to two albums from Pulp, and I have heard that they're th- the third album that follows. Um, so the ones that I put into the playlist for Pulp were his and hers and different class. And I have heard that the album that follows different class is even better and like a darker version of pulp. So it sounds like something that I would, it it very well could have actually shifted pulp into the number two spot if it was good enough. Cause I thought different class was a good album and I thought his and hers was a good album too. Yeah. There's, I mean, I think that they're out of the, out of the four groups, out of actually out of London Suede or Suede and Pulp, uh, Pulp is the band that I had I knew already. So that's probably part of it too. I haven't spent much time with London Suede, so for me that's where it sits. But it you know that's what I'm saying. There's some fluidity in there, other than Oasis, definitely at the bottom, and for me Blur definitely at the top. Oasis definitely way down, way down, deep. Tyler, so did you ever say what your album from Blur was the one that kind of stood out to you is the one that you enjoyed the most? So I think that's kind of a difficult to answer, but I would say, I guess I have two answers based off of where we're at. Which album do I really enjoy just throwing on and like listening to and do I, and have I listened to a whole lot? It's going to be Park Life. But my favorite is probably 13. Okay. Yeah, I could see that for sure. But the self-titled is really interesting. I'm sorry. The self-titled is also just a really interesting album as well. I didn't love the self-titled album personally. I like it because it just gets a little different. Well, it gets different, but it just kind of felt to me a little bit too, like, a little too grunge, a little too, like, right in the middle of what was already being done in America to me. It sounded like, I don't want to say it sounded like them selling out because that's not true at all. It sounded like them shifting into a sound that maybe would have been more popular elsewhere. And I guess I I didn't love what they were doing when I knew that they could be doing something more interesting. Like, like for instance, on 13 or on Think Tank. Well, the subtitled is where it gets noisier, really. Like all of that extra noise is what comes out in 13 in a much more profound way. Oh yeah. Very, very much. I would say, which I thought was interesting that, uh, the album that came out around that same time was the album from the flaming lips, uh, soft bulletin. They both had very kind of similar psychedelic sounds where both of them were, both of them were going in different directions with their music and they were almost going in similar directions. But I believe that that was like 13, did not win the Brit Award. I think it was the Brit Award because that was the one that I saw come up a lot uh, to Soft Bulletin. 13 does have a lot of really interesting psychedelic stuff in it that I that I hadn't really noticed when I've listened to it before for some reason. And in fact, there's some songs on there that I listen to and I go, whoa, like some of these sounds are really reminiscent. Um, not really reminiscent, I guess, for, forward thinking of things that I hear like the OCs and a lot of these uh, kind of garage rock psych revival bands utilizing. Sure. One of my favorite songs from Blur is off that album. I love B- a Battle. Battle is a really, really good song. 
I don't think it's my favorite, but it's one of it is one of my favorites for sure. Dax, I'll throw to you. What do you think was um the album that kind of stood out to you the most? Uh I mean Park Life, probably. Park Life was the one for you? I think so. Okay. Does anybody want to say their favorite song at this point in time? I'll say Park Life, my favorite song, just for the sake of it. You got it. Who's that cup lord marching? You should cut down on your pork life, mate. Get some exercise. say that's the 90s version of bellboy by the who <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good actually i like that thank you so it's a good song i love that song fun a f- funny story about the song park life i told jared about this story earlier this week so at the 95 brit awards blur took home the awards that oasis did not and blur were pretty i would say cordial about the situation they went up and they said you know they were kind of thank you know, you know we want to dedicate this to oasis as well we like what oasis is doing kind of thing and then in 96 when they had the great escape come out and what's the story morning glory also came out what's the story morning glory was the one that took home the awards at the brit awards rather than the great escape and <laughs> oasis goes up there and mockingly sings the song Park Life to make a point of like, haha, take that blur. And it's just, it's, it's, it seemed real like obnoxious. it was tongue in cheek. I thought that I, I when I watched so. it, I, th- what's tongue in cheek about doing that? I think I th- we can all agree that the Gallagher's are awful. Oh, well, you know what? We can also agree that the, the blur members are awful as well. They are pretty bad. Cause too. what they did to my friend Nardbar, the Hervin, <laughs> the human serviette, listen. I can't believe that happened. I watched this clip earlier. I think the YouTube knew, the algorithm knew that I was watching or we were doing Blur this week. Because literally, like on Sunday, it popped up on my YouTube recommended uh, the time that Blur uh, just destroyed Nardwar or whatever. So he tries to do this interview with Blur and the drummer. Uh, Got your hat, bro. Oh, my God. I hate that so much. Uh, <laughs> Dave Roundtree. Uh, just like bullied Nardwar the Heavily. entire time. He took his hat. He threw his notes on the ground. He got in his he took face. His glasses. He took his glasses and he threw them. Uh, and he was just trying to conduct the interview and they were not having it. They were not talking. They were just being very rude. Very mean. So then um, he talked about uh, Browntree later went into politics and they talked to him about it. And he basically said that he... Uh, has been doing a lot of drugs at that time, a lot of coke, and he on like after he got done w- with a binge the next day, he was just a complete jerk, and so that is what basically came of it. And he said that he keeps a clip of that on his phone to remind himself of what he used to be, kind of thing. And he said he tried to apologize to Nardwar and uh never heard anything. Nardwar says that he is glad that he keeps that note and that he, you know, is trying to better himself and such. He said he never received the apology, but he would be more than willing to accept it. Now, all of that uh, makes me just very sad that Blur are so mean to people. That's what I say. Yeah. Just, but it's like, as as rude and mean as I knew that the Oasis were, I know that the members of Blur were also dicks. Right. 
and they were dicks to each other. Like they just took this feud that they had during the the top of the Brit uh, stuff, Brit pop movement, if you will. Like there's so so here's do you know about this the the battle that they had? Uh, it's called um, Battle of Brit Pop. The Battle of Brit Pop. Did you look into this? A it's crazy. Go it's, on. it's quite a thing. So they put out a song on the exact same day, August 14th. Oh, okay, there you go. That's my dad's birthday. Look at that. On August 14th of 1995, they put out, uh, a Blur put out Country House, and Oasis put out Roll With It on the exact same day. Because what happened was they were going to announce, uh, they thought that they were going to put them out at different times, the record. Uh, but they ended up pushing it forward, and their blur was like, well, well, let's just do it on the same day and see who's going to come out number one. So Country Life won. Did it? Yeah. I thought that Oasis won that Blur battle. had sold 274,000 copies, and Oasis sold 216. Mm-hmm. Now, there was some discrepancy because they said that something happened with the barcodes not scanning, but I don't know. It's I don't always know. the barcodes. I don't know. But anyways. Some hanging chads. Some hanging chads. Didn't they also have another similar situation like years later between Gorillas and Oasis? Oh, I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure that they did where they where Oasis had a song or an album that was supposed to be coming out and that Gorillas then did better than Oasis did. Hmm. I can't remember the exact details, but I didn't know that we were going to talk about the the Brit, yeah. the Brit. Well, I read an I read an article and a, an entire like interview what i didn't know that we were going to talk about the battle of Britpop. oh i well, should have been more prepared about that specific that's okay well we've got we've we've got to we've got to briefly so that there's a background and people in this country knowing that blur won in the uk in the real world in the real world that happened most people don't even know that's real most people have no idea the fact that that is was as big of a contentious thing as stone's beatles if you will that's true right yeah and it basically ended Britpop. um in the in the UK, they said, is that once that battle ended, um, they like they never were able to find another comparable, you know, uh, thing. But yeah, it really was like uh, Oasis being um, the Beatles and and Blur being the Stones or whatever in that. But yeah, there was a whole uh, interview where they t- basically talked to the magazine. Um, NME did a cover of it, um, which is a British magazine. And they talked to the like uh, illustrator of that, and they talked to the management team. They talked to a couple of the Gallagher's. They talked to some members of Blur. All these different people. They just kind of said, like, set the scene for that date, uh, and and also the the thing where they were yelling at each other. Blur came at uh, Oasis and said, "We're number one." Yeah, I told. Yeah, just jerks. Just yeah, just so just jerks. so ridiculous. Um. Yeah, it's and they also. What's also funny is that only a couple of years ago they performed together. Oh, that's nice. So that's it good. was Damon and the Gallagher's, I believe. Oh, to get no, there wasn't. Couldn't have been. They were they on w- stage, not together. Yeah, gross. Yeah, on stage, both Gallagher's. I don't think they performed together anymore. Probably they, they not hate both Gallagher's. It was probably. One? I think it was Noel. Yeah, Noel. Pretty sure it was Noel. Gallagher. I think Liam's the one that's a jerk. Yeah, he's the crazy one. They're who's both the, crazy, but who's the which uh brother uh he heckled his own brother do you ever see that yeah i, think, I did was that on snl that. or something like that i think or, it was something about noel calling liam a potato or something 
But yeah, he was just drunk up like Statler and Waldorf style at a performance, and he was just yelling at his own brother that he sucks. They do not have a good relationship It's anymore. horrible. They do not have a good relationship anymore. So, Blur. <laughs> you were the one that wanted to talk about Oasis. No, I am I think this is, I think it's a, a productive conversation to talk about, honestly, like, I mean, this is still the Blur episode for sure, but I think that, like, orienting yourself into thinking about, I said it again, I know, <laughs> like, being able to think about, like, how oasis played into the popularity of blur is in a, is an essential piece of that and i also think that there's an essential piece to talk about is that those are not the only brit pop bands that existed and i think that those are both necessary conversations to have when you talk about blur yeah see the thing about it with um like the the drug thing is that when you want to compare the drug intake that the Beatles had as compared to the drug intake that like Oasis and Blur had, right? the drugs were very different. Basically, the Beatles mostly smoked a lot of pot and just like had a lot of fun. Uh, they, t- they did a lot of LSD. A lot of LSD. Yeah, they did a, lo- a lot of psychedelics. A lot of psychedelics. That's true. But they weren't like nothing that made them very mean. But the harder drugs... Psychedelics don't tend to do that. The harder drugs that Blur and Oasis did, mostly Blur, just made them so mean to uh, reporters, the members of their own bands, the members of other bands, and it just alienated so many people and fans that... Did it alienate all the people? Oh, so many people? No. No. Not at all. A thing I read said that they were um, filming... um, a, basically trying to do a a documentary kind of series or sh- movie about Blur similar to the mag- uh, Magical Mystery Tour thing. But the footage that they got, that it was not what they kind of were hoping for. And it just, they were not as fun as what the Beatles were. Yeah. You know, like in terms of, I mean, it's probably not very much fun to record somebody just like... <laughs> passed out on their bed from the night of binging before like plus you got to see like the other thing too is that if, if, when you look at the difference between the 60s and now or you know 60s and 90s really is in the 60s like these big english bands of the 60s during the british invasion their popularity was here mm, that's true in the u.s you know and they came here and blew up and they were foreigners in a foreign land if you in a way you know what i'm saying and things are a lot different. Like people saw them differently. It was kind of like there was a certain novelty to it in a way that you can't deny. And it just that didn't exist in the nineties. There had never been and I mean I mean there really hadn't been that much popular music, but there never had somebody from another country blow up that way in the US. No, typically up until that point, we had musicians from here who weren't particularly popular go to the UK and get huge. You know, a lot of blues musicians did that in the, in the, you know, and, and American rock and roll of the fifties was very popular over there and in Germany. And well, of course the Beatles, they spent some time in Germany doing, doing stuff prior to coming back to, to England and, and truly forming. So, but it's like, it was just a different era too. You could also be left alone a little bit more. People weren't in your face as much. We, we play the song crazy beat. I was wondering when you would bring that up, actually. I, I actually thought that was going to come up within the next, like, five minutes. If it had not, I've already come up. I was now. just looking at Think Tank, and I was like, this is the song I know. Uh, there were a few other interesting songs, but that's definitely the one that stuck out the most. Off of Think Tank specifically? Hmm? 
off of think tank specifically off of just the later stuff like basically um 13, 13 on and yeah on there were just so many kind of i guess it's like just a not really typical blur stuff yeah you know so <laughs> What stood out about that song to you, Jared? It sounded like a disco duck to me with the little quacker in there. I like that. I like the vocal uh, change on it. My favorite one off of Think Tank was Good Song. I think Good Song is a good song. That is a good song. Almost, almost my favorite, but I'll go ahead and I'll actually go ahead and say my favorite now. I kept thinking that it would be because I liked these albums better, but there wasn't a song that stood out more than this one. But the song, The Universal, off of The Great Escape, is a a wonderful, beautiful, like orchestral track. And it it very much stood out to me as one of their bigger songs. I'm a big fan of that 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 big swooping chorus. That was mm-hmm. nice, yeah. Yeah. That speaking of that album, Hidden Track. Did you notice? Hidden Track. Did you notice the hidden track? I did. I did notice the hidden track. And it's and guess what, Spotify? Here's one to you. Way to go, boys. You didn't you didn't destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> it really came through this week. On a week I, I would really want you to. You really did it. Thank you, Spotify. Yep. It really, really, really could have happened. They could have totally ruined it. But you know. Can I play another song? I don't see why not. Uh it's off Park Life. Uh Jubilee. sound like anything to you i it definitely does i don't know but go ahead yeah i think it sounds like cheap trick uh surrender i i thought so i thought so I boop, 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 boop that. I like that. I like that. I picked that up when I was going through, and it, oh man, it just stuck out. Yeah, the vocal delivery is certainly. Can I play a boop, 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 boop? If you'd like. This is a song uh, called Windows Down. Throw it up. 
You know, we did need an excuse to play song two, didn't we? That was uh, that was Big Time Rush, known for their Nickelodeon television program. I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you did. Yes. I have uh, one more song, unless we want to get into something else. Uh, there is a cover I found, one of the, the better covers. Uh, there's actually a cover by My Chemical Romance of song two, but we don't have to play that one, but we have talked about them. One group we've never talked about, I don't believe, is a group called The Wurzels. That uh, they're known prominently for the song "I Am a Cider Drinker," uh, which they are, of course. Yes, but they did a cover of a uh, of a country house on their album. Never mind the bullocks, ears the wolves. Go up in the centuries, hangs all your ears. That's pretty good, huh? That's quite the thing. They're the good band. I wish we could do that here. I didn't get to talk about uh, that song. Uh, Well, I mean, that's the song that they beat uh, Oasis in that battle. So you did indeed talk about it. But I preferred the Wurzels. (laughs) They definitely would have beat them even more. Mm -hmm. They would have released that version. Tyler, we uh we're we're on the the train of playing songs. You haven't had a chance to play your favorite song yet. I know it's because I don't know I can that I can choose. Oh, you gotta, you gotta. It's just so difficult. I can play my favorite song off Park Life since since half of us have done that. I guess we played Park Life songs. Well, if you do it, then that'll be a, th- a th- three fourths of us will have done it. Maybe I'll get one more as well. Is it Tracy Jacks? No, I like that song. That's a really good one, but it's actually end of a century. All right. That's a good choice as well. I mean, really, it's obviously given the fact that three of the four of us have picked a song off of Park Life, especially that that first half of the album. Oh, man. Oh, the first half is really heavy with just, you know. Just good song after good song. Because I figured somebody was going to pick Tracy Jacks. I do really like Tracy Jacks. but It's a good song. It is a good song. The chorus, I really love the chorus of that song, actually. It's even better than the woohoos off of song two, honestly. Oh, yeah, it really is. Well, this album is way popular and more, and like the hooks are way more on Very than they are in song two or any of the rest of it, really. I mean, this is the hookiest album. Yeah, I'm surprised people didn't catch on to the hooks of a lot of the songs off of Park Life. But. Well, you know, they say the hook brings you back. That's what they say. Do they say that? Dude, who says that? Yeah, uh, I've never heard anybody say that. The Blues Travelers. I, I will say I like Blur better than I expect that I would, which it tends to be the case with artists these days. But I like I, I really, really, really enjoyed Think Tank. I thought that album was way better than I had initially expected. Uh, 13 was fantastic. Park Life was a really good album. I, I think personally, as much as I really like Park Life, I think Great Escape is like on the same level and that most people don't give it the credit that it deserves. I think it's a great follow up to Park Life. I'm glad that you brought up Great Escape 
being equal because I, I would have to agree with you. And in fact, I think that a song that I really find interesting on there is their opener, Stereotypes, which is probably my favorite song, quite honestly, at the moment. Yeah, it's my favorite song in the moment. That was a good opener. I do really like that opener to that album. And really, I think, honestly, most... Like, if you look back, like, Girls and Boys is a great opener. Stereotypes is a great opener. Their first hit was off of Leisure, and it was their opener, She's So High. Yeah, that's a good song. Beetlebum was a great opener. Tinder, yeah, I just consistently pretty good pretty good openers yeah how about how about tinder tinder's a good song yeah it's a little different isn't it it's a little different definitely good i think you think that's the closest to a ballad that they have other than your choice um i think my choice is the the most obvious choice is the only problem but i think that 13 is a relevant one in terms of that song too because he brings out a lot of like emotional aspects of things on 13 as well that's a very that's a very emotive album. I do want to ask real quick what you all think, you know, obviously Blur they put an album in 2015, but outside of that they haven't put one out since 2005, right? That's kind of the last real Blur album. And so, you know, there's been time. It's 15 years later, 5 years after their last release. What do you guys think about people in this country? Like what do you know about people that that friends that you have outside of this collective that listen to music in terms of blur their experience. Do you think people have, do you think it's still really kind of a, a UK facing group and they're still a little bit less around here? I mean, we talked about that a little bit in the general term, but what do you think about like music listeners like us? No, I think, well, I think that some people no, I, I think for the most part, I like if I look at like album of the year, there's a lot of people who are still rating that, but that's not necessarily just people in the US. That's people across that's people across the spectrum. But Blur has so like um I did check just out of curiosity, Blur does have more like user reviews than like Oasis or Pulp or Suede. So Blur is the one who has the most traction out of like music listeners in general. But I don't on your site, yeah, on my site, which is, I mean, it's obviously that's a a small sample size, but it's a good metric for music listeners. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good metric. Well, yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. I mean, you know, people who like us who listen to and enjoy music. You know, I I really like Blur. I own five of their albums. You know, I don't know that I really don't know that many people that know about Blur still. You know, even people, I mean, probably my biggest music listening fans or fans, friends are you guys, you know, but I have a couple others and, and I don't know that they even really do. Do you think that, um, that gorillas are bigger than blur globally? Yeah. Uh, I don't know globally. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean, we're obviously, I think obviously in the U S they are because, 
Uh, Blur has zero uh, top 40 hits, whereas Gorillaz have several. They have lots of number one albums in the U.S. Um, you know, like both. I mean, Clint Eastwood is probably a comparable song to song two when you think of, you know what I mean? But all of the Demon Days stuff. Yeah, or Feel Good Inc. Or- well, Feel Good Inc. is bigger than song two. For sure. Um, chart wise. And I mean, I think that Feel Good Inc. you can play at different places yeah. and it would be but i think that they both i mean song two is just so you can play it basically anywhere and it would be everybody's gonna do it you know like Woo-hoo. not just a sporting event but like in between sets at a concert uh you can play it at the county fair uh all of the you know on the street you know you can play it basically anywhere in it i mean it's not it doesn't say anything that's um repulsive or anything you know like it's a clean song as well so i don't know it's just interesting how he was able to later in his career in life create such uh, a hit with such a weird concept i mean we've already talked about gorillas so we don't really need to get too much into it right but it is him you know like he's for sure he's considered um a co-member but the other member is just the guy that did the comic stuff so he does everything musically musically yes so he is the the main reason for their success, obviously, uh, music wise. Whereas he has other the people, creative influence of Blur. Whereas other, well, yeah, but other people were a part of that group. Yes, you know. So, but it would it would uh, succeed or fail based on him him in Gorillas. Whereas you can't, you know, it's four people in Blur. So I don't know. Do you well? Do you think then, you know? People who like gorillas, which is, you know, as we mentioned, such a huge amount of people in this country. If you showed them Think Tank, do you think they would work their way through Blur? I mean, what do you think? How how accessible do you think Blur is, especially starting at later work, particularly? I mean, because it's so much closer. I don't, I don't think, I don't think so because they did not uh, become successful again after Gorillas, and they had an album. But it's because people don't expose themselves to these things. Most people don't, yeah, most people don't seek these things out. Like, unless you, unless it's a case that, like, a, 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 a commercial or a, you know, the radio a sporting, has to force feed it. Yes. Mm-hmm. The radio has to force feed you something. And then you'll be like, oh, Blur's pretty cool. I like that. Like, but we don't really have that now. Mm-hmm. And so either you have music listeners who are seeking things out or you have the general population who are listening to Kesha. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Kesha's bad. I'm just saying that, like, that's. You know, like a, an example of something that people are being fed to. Katy Perry and stuff. Katy Perry, so on and so forth. So most people are not seeking out Blur unless they're seeking out everything to begin with. I mean, I'm just wondering, because my, cause my, what I'm trying to wonder is, like I said, I mean, how many people do you think, for instance, I've been told, you know, I asked about Think Tank one point. I hadn't lit before I listened. It was like, yeah, how is this? You know, what do you think about Think Tank? In terms of, because I knew it came out later, and I was told that it's closer to a Gorillaz album than a Blur album, which it's certainly in between, I would say. So I'm wondering if you think people who like Gorillaz would like Think Tank, and if you think I played Think Tank and said, check it out, it's a new Gorillaz album, if people would buy it. Uh, I would say that I can give that the best potential answer for the obvious reason that I'm a big Gorillaz fan and I really liked Think Tank. So I think that there was a very obvious thing in terms of those two albums 
coinciding for me in terms of like a Demon Days and a Think Tank. If I really love a Demon Days, I'm probably going to really like a Think Tank because you've got about the same elements in terms of music. You've got obviously the same voice. The only difference being that Blur obviously has a little bit different of instrumentation at that point in time. So if I, if I, yeah, if I think that if you went up to somebody and you said, here's the new Gorillaz album, then yeah, they'd probably say, oh, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, also we can say, and I guess we didn't bring it up initially that, I mean, Think Tank came out between Gorilla's self-titled debut and Demon Days. So I also, I would like to, you know, just to see what you think and you can tell me if you think it's worth it. We didn't really talk about Magic Whip at all. What do you guys think about that album? Magic Whip had some pretty interesting songs on it. Magic Whip uh, definitely was not their worst album by any means. I really, really, really like My Terracotta Heart. That's a great song off of that album. Uh, Ice Cream Man is weird. So is Thought I Was a Spaceman. I Broadcast is pretty good. Ong Ong is a pretty good song as well. So yeah. Yeah, I really did like Ong Ong actually. Yeah. I think for majority wise, Magic Whip was definitely a success in terms of being an album that came out later in their discography. Do you guys think it did all right? Like, what do you think in terms of its, obviously you think it's pretty much all right. You two, any opinions on it? I mean, it's, thir- it's 12 years later. Almost all of Gorilla's prominent work is out. And here comes Blur with a release in 2015. That's not bad. And really, for me, kind of is not like Think Tank. It kind of is a little bit of a throwback in terms of sound mm-hmm. to some to some mid-Blur work almost. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was all right. I thought it was a pretty good probably end uh, to recording uh, for them and maybe even for us. Probably for us. I really liked Ong Ong. That was that was good. I yeah, I did too. That was a good one. Ong Ong was good. Do you think it's relevant in 2015? Uh, probably in the UK. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I, it didn't do much here, but I do think that the return, um, was probably. It, it, I'm sure that people that like Blur were glad that they had another album, obviously, and people that like. Uh, Damon were glad that he continued to put out things that weren't just like, maybe it's just an in-between thing uh, for uh, people that enjoy gorillas, even, you know, like, Oh, this is something that we got in between him making a gorillas record. Um, But I mean, I don't, I mean, Oasis probably is never going to release another album. So, you know, they, that blur were able to come back together after all those years and come out with something uh, that has quality and is successful is, kind of shows their uh, difference or whatever. So do we have any uh, closing thoughts on Blur at this point in time? Blur good. That's my closing thought. Your closing thought is Blur good? That's it. All right. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> blur good. Blur better than Oasis, right? Let's. I, w- I would love to get that poll around the table just for my own feel goods. We all agree. Jared doesn't. I, I think, think I, I I do not agree, but that's okay. Oh my! Oh my okay. gosh, Jared, Caleb. I will say definitely Blur. Uh, musically more interesting, more longevity, uh, more crossover success. Ended up having more music that came out outside of their own band that was relevant. Gorillas, um, solo project from Damon Albarn. Yeah, I'd say yeah, I'd say Blur. Blurred win that that battle. But hey, you know Oasis what? Here's, is probably here's Wonderwall. <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> hey, brother. Here's Wonderwall.
just wanted to just wanted to make sure i, I here's wonder wall you know you need better hand signals <laughs> I'm glad the three of the four of us can agree. So now when I say it, I, I know that I'm backed up by a majority of the group. They certainly have more variety in their sound, especially over the course of time. The number of albums, I mean, Blur has eight albums and Oasis has seven albums. One of Oasis, Oasis released seven albums consistently over the course of time, as did Blur, and then Blur released an eighth album in 2015. So, you know, when you look at releases, like the amount of music produced, it's pretty, it's you know, pretty close. But the variety in it, the the like textural elements in the sound, yeah, it's just Blur is more interesting music. Do you know it, what's interesting? Hmm. Oasis are one-hit wonders in the United States. Only Wonderwall. That's the only hit they have. Yeah, you'd think Champagne Supernova would have been a hit, but. That's weird. I mean, it's just yeah. like to think when you think of those group, like both Blur and Oasis, but most show Oasis, like, you know, they you think that they were so big here, but in reality, they were just big in the UK and they only had the one big hit. Right. Here. So it's, it's, it's true. Just, I don't know. The crossover success between the states just didn't happen. Did not. If you want to. If you want to be a part of our uh, our show, you want to help support us, throw your opinion out there, get mentioned on the show, go to patreon.com slash record roundtable. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. This week we've been talking about Blur, and next week we'll be talking about Tom Petty. Check us out on Facebook, check out our new website, check out our Patreon, other social media bits. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Stay safe and goodbye.